the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join Coach C, a USA Strength and Conditioning Hall of Famer, every Monday night to see in a variety of guests, including former players, former and current coaches, pastors, and others will discuss relevant issues in coaching today's athlete with the goal of equipping the athlete and those coaching them with the physical, mental, and spiritual armor necessary to live their best life. Here's Coach Connors. Uh, welcome to Absolute Empowerment. Uh, tonight we have a very special guest on. Uh, David Burnell, who is a former pirate, someone who I had the honor and privilege of coaching during his career at East Carolina University. And uh, we're going to talk about his life tonight and some of the things that he is experiencing currently, which are uh, nothing less than amazing. Uh, My man, the flea, has become famous. (laughs) No, not yet. (laughs) David, great to have you on the show, and uh, man, we go back a long way, brother. 1995, 99. Yeah. So so you've had quite the experience since graduating from ECU, but uh, what I want to do first is talk a little bit about uh, your time at ECU, and uh, you know... Talk a little bit about your time at ECU, um, what you experienced there, being a member of the football team, uh, being a student athlete, and uh, maybe some of your most, uh, some of your fondest memories there. Okay. My time at ECU involved 300s and one tenths. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> That's it. I tell everybody, and I know you're I know we're joking, but on a serious note, my time at ECU was valuable because of because of your training, because of the strength and conditioning. I took that with me. I took that with me everywhere. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, more than you can imagine, but at the same time, I have some uh, comical memories a little bit <laughs> of how when we know when the guys pushed the number three hundreds, we did to uh, eight. I think it was ten. Well, no, not yet. We had eight, and you always made seven until we got those guys out there with you that last week. Helps you around and make sure you made number eight. Then, when we pushed it to ten, and I didn't push it to ten, they did. You kept making nine. Could not make but, that last one. <laughs> but that last week, you got through that tenth one, isn't that right? Yeah, man. I I don't know how we did that, but whew, those legs become jelly but that's not even the funny part the funny part is when Norris when Norris stripped naked (laughs) (laughs) and he ran the 300 oh man those were some times that was how bad it was he yeah I do remember that also you remember that right oh yeah that was tough to forget right there 
yeah. you know, I, the thing I, about I, it was is uh, once you made those 300s, you became a coach. And then by the time we got to the end of the summer, we had about 75 coaches and maybe about 10 guys didn't make them yet. Yeah. So, uh, uh, man, that was uh, – that was some great camaraderie. It really was, you know, I'm, I'm never going to forget that. And, uh, you know, the way you guys hung your hat on that and, you know, just how much that meant from a leadership standpoint within the team. And, uh, really, I think it really served to bond the team together. We just kind of fell into that, you know, and, and it, did uh, more, it did more than bonded, even uh, mental, me- mental toughness for me. Yeah, because I mean, at one point it just becomes mental, right? No doubt about that. And you and, just uh, have you know, to, so, sometimes that fourth can, quarter becomes mental. What's that? I said sometimes that fourth quarter becomes mental, also. So yeah, that's what it, it served to help us win some games. Hopefully, yeah, sure did. But. uh so, you know, I, I remember back when you had a very good friend named Jerome Barnwell. <laughs> and I just wonder if you if you talk to Rome any from time to time. No, no, no. We, I mean, when you say time to time, man, maybe a, a year once yeah. a year or something, I see something on Facebook or something. But yeah, that's the whirlwind of life. You you get shot out after East Carolina, which I didn't think could get any faster. But once you leave East Carolina or the university, man, just a whirlwind of life just hits you. Right. And uh, he, I think he had a baby and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't even know what he's doing. I couldn't even tell you what he's doing. I can tell you what he's doing. He's up there at Vident and he, he trains people. You know, he's got a group that he trains, puts their picture on Facebook all the time. Uh, wow. Up at Vident, he also works for the hospital uh, because I had to have a surgery one time and he was actually in on my surgery. So he, he came to see he me. Did the surgery next day. on you? Yep. Oh, he didn't do the surgery. He was oh. just there. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, he didn't do the surgery. <laughs> my man became a surgeon. <laughs> I was like, dang. Well, he's he does something pretty significant with the hospital. I'm not sure what his title is, but uh but he was he was definitely in in a surgery doing something. So uh, I, I think he's doing really well though. Uh I see him from time to time. He's uh always has a lot of enthusiasm as usual. So and, he wasn't uh, he wasn't operating on you, but you saw him in the surgical room. Well, he came to see me after the surgery and told me he was in the surgery. Yeah, so I, I yeah, call him up, and see what he's doing. Yeah, you need to figure out what what his title is because I really don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think he's an MD, but uh, he does something. You know, there's there's they have surgical teams. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's in on that. But anyway, uh, you know, I remember that you and Jerome really were, I mean, you guys were like, uh, you know, the, the prayer group for the team. I mean, everybody came to you guys when they had an issue and needed some prayer. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I know the coaches always relied on you guys 
for prayer, um, to do the team prayer. And, uh, wow, you know, I, I just, uh, I remember that because you guys just did such a great job with that, lifting up the team and lifting up guys from time to time, uh, when they needed it. So, uh, I really remember that, uh, and, uh, I, th- I know a lot of people, I think were appreciative of that. So, yeah. uh, are you still praying? Yeah, I I pray. I I pray. <laughs> <laughs> I pray all the time, man. I mean, it I think it's a different if it's a it's a different, but I do gotta correct you. It was Damon, Damon Davis was the, the head. He was like the 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 one that was really doing the prayer thing and bringing us in. Um okay. Me well, and Jerome, I know Jerome, he would do it too. I was, I was, Flea was like, I was just really mo- motivating. Like I, I would love to motivate people, whether it was God, whether it was, you know, yeah, whether it was 300s or whatever. I was just motivated. I was there, man. I was just happy to be there. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, you got the name Flea because, of course, you know, you're not a, a real big guy in stature. Uh, but at the same time, man, you 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 just demonstrated to people. You know, it, I, I just think of this thing, man, it, it ain't the size of the dog in the fight, man. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And that's what Flea was all about, you know, because mm-hmm. your energy, your enthusiasm, uh, your work ethic. Uh, all those things were a great example for a lot of other guys that needed to have uh, the intrinsic motivation that you had. Uh, you know, they might have had size and might have had some talent, but a lot of times they didn't have what was in, in their, what you had in your heart. And so for you to kind of uh, spread that around. I think it really had a significant impact on the football team. So, I, you know, I will always remember you that way. No question. Good. Because so, I'm still that way. <laughs> I know you are. I'm and, still that way. And we're going to talk a lot about that, too, because, you know, the Pirate Nation needs to catch up on, on what, you're, what you've been up to, man. And uh, the, But the first thing I'd like to talk about is, you know, when you left ECU, how long was it before you joined the Marines? Yeah, that was like, I think it was like three, four years after ECU. I was, after ECU, Yeah, I became a shoe salesman. Okay. At a, at a shoe, at a shoe place. I think it was Payless or something. And they yeah. kept dangling, they kept dangling the carrot. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make you corporate, you know, because you got a four-year degree. But all I was doing was selling shoes at the end of the day. And then gotcha. and then I saw the sun come up. I remember I saw the sun come up one day and the sun come down, and I was still in this shoe store. <laughs> and I said, I uh, I gotta change, I, I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. And that's when this uh, Marine dude walked in. He, he walked in at the same time the sun was coming down. He walked in. It was like a movie. He was like, man, he saw it on my face. He was like, man, you, you want to get out, don't you? And I said, gotcha. yes. 
Well, so then, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, was, I had to kind of quickly try to find a bio on you because I'm so far behind on what all you've been into. And I saw where uh, your dad was a combat medic in Vietnam. Uh, he was a combat medic, but he didn't go to Vietnam. He was during during Vietnam. OK, I got you. Yeah. So but he wasn't he was on standby, but he never he never went there. He he ended up at 82nd Airborne in Fort Bragg later on and retired out there. So, yeah, later on. Well, but, you know, let, let's go back and tell me a little bit about uh, your influences growing up. Tell me a little bit more about your dad and your family. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and then, of course, what brought you to ECU? Yeah, military brat. I'm a, I was a military brat all my life, so um, I grew up in several different places, one being born in Hawaii, then I remember moving to Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, and yep. then going back to California, South Carolina, then back to Hawaii. So it was all, it was all, that's a military brat's life. And right. you always have to fit in quick. You have to, you have to, if you, if you play sports, you gotta, you gotta show them what you have quickly, you know, cause you just going to get cut cause the coach don't know you. And so I got lucky and I, 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 you know, I made some, I made some football team in some of the high schools and then, then I really liked it. So then I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a play college once I get out. And uh, I didn't get any scholarships. I just so I had to walk on to EC, and uh, yeah, I got I, I walked on to EC and then met Coach C. That was it. Yeah, I didn't even play. I I wasn't even trying to play football anymore after I met you. I was just trying to lift weights and be a super elite <laughs> pirate. That that's what most people don't think. Like. People think, oh, you know, yeah, I was trying to work on receiving, but I mean, I was honest with myself. I mean, these guys, DeLeo Dodd, all these huge yeah. dudes, and and I was like seven string. I said, you know what, while while I'm here, you know, the, the stuff that you taught me with strength and conditioning and and how big I got and fast and the mental, the mental toughness, that was the, that was the. That was the thing I fell in love with. I was like, man, I'll work out all day because I know at the end of the day, I'm taking this with me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you certainly took it with you. Uh, so, um, playing high school football, were you in Fayetteville? Yeah, 71st okay. Falcons. Okay. So you came to ECU from there. Yeah, I was pretty good until I messed up my. I think I messed up my left leg in a in a in one of the last games, and so yeah, scholarships, all that stuff went out of the went out of the window because that was my senior year. So then I had to walk on, and then I walked on at ECU. So what's really your degree in? Information processing. Okay. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what we learned, man. Information processing. 
Okay, so you you go to Camp Lejeune, is that right? Well, you gotta you, you gotta right when we got out of the when we Paris graduated Island. from from East Carolina, I was in um working for the shoe store. And then from the okay. shoe store, I was like, man, I gotta get out of here. So that's when I just enlisted. He said, you travel. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Gotcha. I said, hey, I got, a, I got a four year degree. Can I be an officer? He said, yeah, you got to take another test. I said, go ahead and enlist me, man. I ain't taking no more tests. <laughs> I ain't want to take no more tests, man. These ass vabs. And so I just, I went, I, I enlisted, went to Paris Island. Whew, that was crazy, boy. So let me ask you this. What was harder, the 300s or the Crucible? 300s hands down that I'm, well let me let me let me finish paris island was a, a cakewalk it was a mental thing for me because every time i stepped on in on the de on the deck i was stronger than these these marines that were trying to instruct us i was 20 i was i just came from college you know what i'm saying i i yeah. with 300 i was I was still huge, man. They were trying to break me down. They would, they would, they seek out the strongest guy and they try to break him down. So met, they try to mess me up mentally, physically, man, I was, it was a cakewalk. They hated me. I was running circles around them. <laughs> yeah. I love that, to hear that, man. I love to hear it. Yeah. So it was actually meant, it was mental. They 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 really wanted to break me down and say, hey man, you know, you are you are private, you are, you are E two, you you are you enlisted, you you below, yeah. you know. So I had to go through that a lot. That was the hardest part. Now, do you remember something called JJ did tie buckle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't ask me to recite it though. I know it says judgment, judge, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So leadership principles for Marine Corps. Yeah. And so uh, I wrote a book called Collegiate Battlefield. It's on Amazon, but I've got them all in there. And basically what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about the, uh, the relationship between athletics and the military. And uh, so those leadership concepts, of course, have a lot of application to athletics. And, uh, you know, athletics and, and, and the military to me, uh, they kind of go together. So uh, I did write a book about that. I got to, I got to read that book. Yeah. It's, I gotta old, get you. it's old, right? It's, it's a while back or is this a new yeah, one? It's a few years old. I wrote two books, but I, it's a few years old. It's uh, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really promote it much, but it's, it's still on Amazon, but yeah, it's called collegiate battlefield, but that that's exactly what it's about. And uh, you know, when I, when I retired, I basically went down and I worked uh, with the second and third battalion. I trained the second, and third battalion at uh, Sneeds Ferry at Stone Bay. Okay. <laughs> so I had to get secret clearance to go in there and train those guys. And uh, they didn't, none of them knew how to run. So I tried to teach them how to run, give them a little bit of speed development work. Wow. That's, and, that's uh, crazy. You probably was killing them though. Cause. Well, those special ops guys, man, there's a lot of those guys that really worked hard and were uh, in great shape, you know. 
Oh, they spent uh, a lot. Third battalion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course, you know, they moved first battalion from California now to Stone Bay as well. So you got first, second, and third there. And, uh, you know, I, of course, I'd hear the gun range from some, somewhere, I guess, some other place around Lejeune, wherever it was, I'd, hear, I'd be hearing the gun range all day. But, uh, but yeah, it was uh, interesting as to how strength and conditioning is now, has now become part of the military. And there's been uh, many, many uh, strength and conditioning coaches hired across the country uh, to, to train the military. So, uh, and the facilities are very nice as well. But one thing about it was I didn't find many fast twitch people. I didn't find many people who could sprint very fast or knew how to run at all. And uh, so I, I felt like I could help them in that way, as you know, uh, with regard to that. And, of course, I'm, I'm really big on kettlebells. So I really thought that that fit in well with those guys as well, the kettlebell type training. Oh, you probably, you probably you, started that. You can take kettlebells everywhere, you know. You probably started that craze because I remember there was at one point in the military in our workouts that these kettlebells went crazy. Like everybody's like, yeah, you got to do these kettlebell workouts and stuff. You probably started that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we were I'm not too sure. All that stuff. Yeah, we, we got in there fairly early and uh, – Actually, there's a colonel that wrote a preface in my book as well, so you might enjoy that also. His name is Colonel Bristol, okay. and uh, I actually brought him in to speak to ECU uh, before the uh, BYU game, and we act, we ended up winning that game, but that was the best pregame talk I ever heard in my life, and uh, his story was, I mean, incredible. I mean, really incredible, so I, I'll never forget that guy. You know the best pregame that that we had when you were there. You brought these. I think you brought these guys in. I don't know who it was, but the the thing was called filling up your dash. You filling okay. up that dash. You know the dash on your epitaph from nineteen seventy seven when you was born. Yeah, yeah. To the day, remember that one? I I, I vaguely remember it, but I do remember it. That one stuck. Yeah. That one's that one's on my album. That one, okay. that filling up, filling up your dash, that stuck with me. I can't, man. That stuck with me and a couple of other college people, and we still talk about that to this day. And that's kind of like what my life is when when you say, man, you've been all over the place. Because I, I told mom, man, I'm filling up this dash. I'm doing everything I can under the sun while I'm here. So I got you, man. Yeah, we did a lot of research every week on what we were going to talk about. We always had to come up with something. We, we usually had a weekly theme, and the theme would be related to what we needed to do that week based on how we performed in the past game. So, uh, yeah, a lot of thought went into that stuff, and I really appreciated Steve giving me the you know freedom to, to be involved in that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was enjoyable. It really was. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your deployments. Yeah. I mean, I think 2008, yeah, 2008, I was in, uh, back, um, karma, Iraq. So 
that was the first time I saw like that's when I was like, whoa, man, life is uh life is not that that certain, you know, and there's other people that's just trying to get rid of you. It, it just kind of hits you, you know, when when uh you come face to face with uh mortar rounds or whatever. And um yeah, we had a bad, we had a uh pretty bad um suicide bombing out there and then that made me that made me realize man this ain't no gang and I don't I don't think I like this anymore <laughs> you know I was like yeah I mean this is cool oh hoorah for the for the for the for the, for the good cause of this the the country but I mean after we lost some of our guys in 2008 it was just like they they just gone they were just gone. And so, and so, uh, yeah, I had to reevaluate, but while I was reevaluating, I mean, the life is still going on in the military. And I ended up, uh, I ended up in Baghdad, Iraq, and then saw some more stuff. And then went into, I mean, that's when the green, the green, uh, the green zone was closing when I was there. And then I went to Afghanistan. Then I was done. <laughs> I was done. Yeah, just, you know, when you think back and you can't remember a Christmas or no, uh, like you, you you try and think back, damn, what would I do that last Christmas or that Thanksgiving? And it's just deleted. It's like gone. You know, <laughs> you just don't even know. And it's like, yeah, man, I I had to get out. And mine was bittersweet. I mean, I, I know you guys love your military people, but I'm I'm sitting here face to face and I'm like, man, I, I gave I gave it, you know, and I'm kind of run down from it. And I'm just glad I got out, you know, with 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 the sense of mind and and uh, still physically fit and everything. So. Well, praise but, God for that, because. Uh... You're yeah. doing some great things now, and um, can you can you tell me a little bit about what your rank was and kind of what your job was in the Marines? Yeah, I was an 0621 radio operator, um, and then when I got hired, I was a radio chief. But I mean, of course, we have higher billets after that. Uh, we we hold higher billets after that, but I mean, basically, a radio chief, 0629 staff sergeant is what I got out as an E6. Okay. So I made it all the way to E6. And then gotcha. it's one point you look at your boss and you and you you look at the people above you and you say, do I want to be like them? <laughs> and then I say no. <laughs> so what was the total time you were in the Marines? It was uh, 11 years. Wow. That's just, what, 2008, uh, no, 2003, 2014, Yeah. Well, that's a pretty significant amount of time. Yeah, and it goes fast. That's the thing. It goes fast. Well, I know you saw a lot. And uh, when, I, when I was uh, working at Stone Bay, you know, they made me go through, I think, 
two or three full days of uh, suicide prevention education. And then when I saw the, the number, which was like 20 some people a day that are veterans or current military who commit suicide. Uh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's a tough deal out there. Yeah. If, if you don't have, uh, luckily for me, I had, uh, strong family. I'm very family oriented. You know, I, I got strong family back at home. And but a lot of these kids that come in there, that's all they have is the military and they get back and get pushed out into the real world. They they had no clue what to do. Yeah, their life was the their life was in Iraq. They They were at the highest point when they were in Iraq. Gotcha. Well, I don't know if you remember my son, Bo, but he is a combat medic. You know, he went to combat medic training out in Texas after he got, uh, he uh, went in the Air Force and basically uh, he's still a, uh, he's a paramedic in the emergency room and he's still a reservist and uh, a tech sergeant. And so uh, up in Goldsboro, he kind of, I guess he runs the medical thing a little bit, you know, whatever he does with, uh, you know, I guess he's got some kind of position there, you know, that one weekend a month. But, uh, he, yeah, he just got promoted to tech sergeant not too long ago. But he was also a fireman. So he I don't know if you remember, you remember that little guy running around, you know. I don't remember all so much. I remember Coach Logan's son. Well, yeah. I, I don't remember your Bo. I can't remember. I, I but I know you had. I know you had a. a, a yeah, he was pretty uh, small then. They used to put him in the plyometric boxes and lock him down in the plyo boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Time flies. Okay, so uh, let's move on from the Marines and uh, man, you have been doing so many things now that I, I kind of heard about from long distance, but I had no clue uh, all the stuff that you've been into, I guess from, what do you call it? Like the entertainment industry? Yeah. <laughs> the entertainment okay. industry. I would just so, say film, film. So you get out of the Marines. Well, you, you got to, <clears throat> The transition goes like this, exactly what you said about all these Marines getting out, committing suicide. We realized that too. And uh, we wanted to build a community, some kind of brand that represented um, these, these young veterans getting out. And uh, so we built this brand. And by building this brand, like we made a t-shirt, made a little logo, and we built this brand to represent young military people doing um, creative things, like to kind of, you know, to kind of motivate them. Hey, man, get out of the military. It's not over, you know, keep, keep, keep creative, keep creating things. And so that transition, while I was in the military doing that, and I was 
encouraging people to create things, the finger pointed back at me and they were like, so what you doing? What, what, what you doing to create things? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I'm telling everybody to create things and what, what am I doing? So then I got into uh, first modeling and modeling the brand and then making small commercials for the brand and then eventually getting on American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I just started, I started playing with Hollywood a lot. Like I started, cause I was living in California. So I started getting an agent, started booking commercials and, and it just kept growing from there, went from small to big. But I was doing it for a long time and I'm still, I'm still doing. So did you get into some acting classes at all? I did. I did some workshops with some some prominent directors. Uh, was really expensive, but it wasn't. It was only about two three months, and then after that, uh, yeah, just self taught um, into the industry and getting an agent and building a portfolio and and telling the agents, hey, I'd like to. This is what I can offer. Or this is who I am. It just kept growing from there and there. Yeah. Well, like, uh, tell me a little bit about the first thing you started to do. Like, how this, uh, what did you start with? Yeah, I mean, the very first thing was promoting my my T-shirt, our, our brand, in the military. So you can see some old YouTube videos of me saying, yeah, this is VE. I was doing some rapping for it and stuff. VE is the cool brand and stuff. And then that went to uh, to modeling the clothes. And then from there, that's when I had to be a leader, right? And I said, okay, well, I'm telling people to be a creative. So let me let me try to let me try to get on American Ninja War. Let me let me apply for American Ninja War and see if I can get on. And then I got on and I was like, oh, okay. So now the, the co-founder of this brand, this creative brand is on American Ninja Warrior. And then I said, what else can I do? And then I, I got an agent and then I booked a, a USAA commercial. That was huge. I was like, and all, all I had to do was like put a card in the ATM. And then yeah. I got all kinds of other commercials and um, did, did small uh, movies, uh, uh, what do you call it? short films to bigger films, then got small parts in the movies, and it's all on IMDb. And then it went, then, then when I got here, it got serious. I'm in Germany. Yeah, I wasn't sure where you were. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Cause you said because you said nineteen thirty. I was like, man, it's two o'clock over here. <laughs> so, what's going on in Germany in relationship to? I mean, you know, so you have uh, some things you're filming there now, or what? I have uh, two projects I'm working on right now. Um, hope hope that goes well. Yeah, uh, but I I filmed a couple of I. I was I was on some small roles. I had some very small roles on Netflix, uh, in in a couple of movies. And you know, um, you know, uh, oh, what's his name? 
Paul Giamatti. That name sounds familiar. Man, he was in he's all he's in all kinds of movies. But yeah, I got to meet Paul Giamatti. I got to meet Michael B. Jordan. That was crazy. Uh-huh. You know Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah, I think I know who that is. Yeah, I mean, you you know these actors, but I, yeah. I don't know much about actors because you know I don't I don't watch a whole lot of movies, I guess, but uh you know. I'm, I, I just want to become familiar with what you do now because I want to, you know, I want to follow you and see what's going on, man. Yeah, I mean, I I could be doing more. It's just I I um, it, it's a it's a it's a you gotta continue to apply, put yourself out there, and uh, make sure you up. I have to update my my portfolio all the time, and just get my get my name out there. And hope well, a big one comes along like IBM. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I look at the ECU uh, football program maybe a few years ago, and I see these people in there that made it big and Sandra Bullock and whoever. And, uh, you know, David Burnell needs to be up in there right now. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know what you've been doing, man, and how successful you've been with this. Yeah. I appreciate that. Sandra Bullock, I'm I'm not there yet. I mean, I, I got these little roles that I need I need a main role. I need I need something huge. And then and and also, man, the film industry has changed. You know, Netflix, you know, you said Sandra Bullock, Netflix wasn't even remember back in 90, 95, 99, Netflix was wasn't even a thing. Right. It was blockbuster. So, yeah, I just got to continue to be innovative and, and keep pushing and, and have that grit, that, that 300 fourth quarter grit to, to if I'm going to be an actor and, I, and I'm going to keep going, I got to keep, I got to keep pushing. I got to go all the way through, make did, albums. Did you, ever, did you ever have any opportunities to get into any kind of military uh, movies or yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last one was, was the last one. I was a Buffalo soldier. Uh, it was, oh, yeah. um, it was called blood and gold. And uh, I actually had some talking lines in that one at the very end of the movie. And I'm hoping that the director wants to do part two of that movie. Did you I tell him you had been a dog soldier? <laughs> no, I mean, I, he just, I guess my, <laughs> I have a couple of, pictures where I just look military and people, people book me for that. That's great stuff. Well, you know, every time that commercial comes on, of course, I didn't even know who it was for IBM. Now you uh, educated me. Yeah. Uh, You know, a lot of your teammates would be like, yo, man, that's our guy, man. That's, that's our teammate. Yeah. Everybody hitting me up. I see you on the commercial, man. Is that you, man? It's every other every other day I got somebody hitting me up, but it's really cool because I get to see, you know, people that I went to went to college with because I'm all the way out here in Germany. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm just happy that you have this. This is crazy that you have this um podcast. This is awesome. And I saw your message. I was like, man, I didn't know I got an invite for this. Like <laughs> a long time ago. 
Well, yeah, I mean, maybe a couple hundred people. I, I think Steve Logan, or I, you know, I coached Chase Rice, a country singer at uh, at Carolina when I was there. For, I was there for ten years, and he was there, uh, so I've had him on. And I think Steve Logan had about fifteen, sixteen hundred hits on this deal. But usually, it's just a few hundred people look at it, and it's kind of an ECU thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, of course, I've 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 made it a Christian podcast. Uh, so I talk about those. I talk about faith quite a bit as well. But uh, so that that's very important to me in my life right now. I'm, I'm trying to lose myself to gain the kingdom, brother. So what, what does that mean? Well, you know, there's so much ego and so much me when in coaching, you know, and in yeah. athletics. You know, when I retired, I decided, man, I got to let that go. And I got to I got to put God first. And I, I really enjoyed spending time with my wife and, you know, all those types of things. And I didn't have a whole lot of. Uh, you know, I didn't have a, a a chance to do, you know, strength coaches don't even get a vacation. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys are working, man. What but, made uh, you do this uh, podcast? What's that? What made you do this podcast? Oh, uh, well, the, the uh, sports objective, they do several different podcasts for ECU. Um, and um I guess, you know, they kind of talked to me a little bit about as far as, you know, what I'd be interested in because I, I interviewed a couple times and, uh, and I said, sure, you know, I'd be very interested because I love bringing former players on and, uh, people I've met in athletics over the years. Uh, I had coach Pagano on and I had the, uh, general manager of the Steelers on a few other people that were, that were pretty significant. And, uh, but uh, for me personally, I love reconnecting with the guys that I coached. And uh, that was what it was always about for me. I, I really just, I kind of hung out with the players more than I hung out with the other coaches, except for my own staff, I guess. But that's what I really always enjoyed is being with the players. You know, I wanted to kind of stay young. And uh, that's why I kept playing all that rap music in, in the weight room. You know, I, I had to play all them masterpiece songs and learn all the words to them. <laughs> Wait, but how old are you? 67, brother. Oh, that's it, 67? Yeah. And you still working out and, and still lifting weights and everything like that? Oh, yeah, I got the gym in the garage, man. We I go get it. Had a good workout this morning. So, uh Yeah. I'm never going to stop working out, you know that. But, uh, you know, people people coach now into their uh, – you know, there's a lot of NFL coaches that are – I don't know how old some of those guys are, but they – you know, it seems like they never want to retire. But, uh, you know, if you're a strength coach, you're working 10, 12 hours a day. I mean, it you know, it wears on you after a certain number of years. You know, you you feel it. So, you know, being on your feet all day – and, uh, you know, I always hated to, I really hated to lose, you know, anytime I lose anything, it, it takes something out of me. So, I mean, I had to, you know, I hate losing. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad I'm away from that a little bit. You know, of yeah. course winning is great. And we did plenty of that, but, uh, 
you know, and I've had a few accolades in my profession and so forth. So it's, it's been good. It's been really good. What do you max out on? Oh, I don't max out on anything now. All I do is, is reps, but I have a, uh, I have a squat machine. You know, I, I can still throw 400 on the squat machine, do a set of things. Well, the squat machines, that's more like, that's probably more like 300 and 400, you know. Yeah, but still, you so you're still doing 300, 400? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in pain. I'm in pain right now. My knee, I think I messed my knee up. But yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to do um, flag football. It's really big out here in uh, in Germany. Uh, it's actually get flag football is getting huge. Gotcha. Well, and there's I'm, a lot of there's a lot of football coaches that go over to the diff, to different countries, you know, with those leagues to coach. And he, you know, some of the leagues are pretty small, and uh, you know, there's still a lot of coaches that go over there from the United States, and who still want to you know continue to coach. Uh, I know a few of those guys, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's flag football is probably a lot of fun for those guys. It's good stuff. Yeah, man. I just I'm I, old. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. So, what was the brand? What was the initial brand that you started with? Oh, uh, it was called Veteran Empire. Okay. Yeah. Veteran and, uh, Empire. Then I sold. I sold it because I came overseas, and then I I had to I had to sell it. So did I see? Uh, I thought I saw that you just did an album. Is that right? Yeah, man. Filling up okay. that dash. So the album's out on Spotify. It's called Three D. You know, I used to rap. Remember, I was trying to rap. Yeah, I was trying time. to get you. I was trying to maybe get you to throw down something just a little bit for me tonight. A freestyle. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Uh, maybe something from one of your your late your latest songs, or you know. So I said, <clears throat> maybe one of them early rap, one of the early raps you put together. I said it's the K I N G David the Fourth, aka the Flea. Game is on lock. I got the key. Let me make it free. David the Third, David the Second. I got history. Been here before. Planted the seeds to your family trees. You want me to keep going? (laughs) I gotta memorize that. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the it's on the album. But um, yeah. uh, What's the name of the album? It's called Three D. Okay. 3D and it's uh, on Spotify, Apple Music and don't die with don't don't die with nothing left in you like get it yeah. all out. Don't die with music in you and gotcha. fill up that dash. Well, I'm going to tell you this, man. You uh I, I got a text bubble here. And you have remained uh so humble. I mean, we we got to get this information out here. I mean, we we got to get you out to the pirate nation somehow, man. Yeah, I would love because, to come out there. You know, there's um, there's there's so many people I think that would be proud of what you've accomplished. You know, I mean, uh, as a former pirate. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad you got this podcast just to keep us together and stuff. And yeah. 
there should be a movie about us. Uh, we should call it the 300s because that was a time, man. That was a special time. Yeah, it really was. No, they don't. They don't run ten three hundreds anymore. Oh no, they don't run much of anything anymore because you know the NCAA came down with some guidelines and. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you might be able to get away with some one tens, but you know, there was some. Uh, there was probably a couple dozen deaths during conditioning um, over the years. Not in 95 to 99, right? Well, the thing about, you know, we ran a 300s. We weren't going to go out there and run a 300s the first day. I mean, we we weren't going to run but maybe two. We'd build it up. Of course, we ran hard the other days as well. So, you know, we adapted and we adapted to the heat over time as well. Yeah. So by the time we got down to where we were actually running those things, you know, timing you and testing them, uh, Everybody was in really good shape, you know. So, you know, you got to be smart about how you train people. It's got to be progressive. Yeah. You, know, you can't just uh, go out there the first day and get it done. But, uh, but yeah, there, there have been some deaths. And, um, you know, I really think that everything is kind of equal now with strength and conditioning. You can't, it's hard to gain an edge on somebody else because everything's been somewhat standardized. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and that's sad because I was all about trying to gain an edge, you know. And uh, I was all about that mentality. Um, so, yeah. uh, w- you know, when I talk to guys that I coach, like yourself, and you tell me how much it meant to you, that that really means a lot to me. You know, it's very satisfying to hear that. It's the I real deal, that, man. That, it was real. And it's I'm still kicking because of that. I appreciate it. And I, you know, I think you're also very humble about uh, what you went through as a Marine. And, uh, you know, I know that you went through some tough stuff. You don't even have to tell me. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm so thankful you made it through, man. So thankful. I know I know God was with you. So hey, let's get together again. And uh, you know, this time I won't wake you up at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'll hit but you man, up I, when, I'm in, you know, when I'm in North Carolina, we gotta get up. Yeah, it's it's so good to talk to you again. And I really appreciate you. You know, I know I've been on Facebook a couple of times and you you throw me a like or whatever, and I said, Man, I I got to get back with Flea, man, see what he's up to. So, uh, yeah. But congratulations yeah. on all your success. Thanks. Thanks, Cole. And I, I think the whole Pirate Nation should be proud of you. And I'm, I know I'm going to try to put it out there. And, uh, you know, don't, don't be, uh, don't be shy about uh, letting people know. Yeah. I, uh, so. I won't. I just, I just want you guys to see me on on your TV screen more often, so I don't have to say anything, you know. I'm and and just know when I'm on that TV screen, it's because of those three hundreds and them <laughs> that conditioning. Because I'm I'm pushing hard and working. I'm make it work. So well, you one of these days when you're on there, you you got to throw me some kind of sign or something. It'll be a secret. 
What did this, these little uh, comments coming up? Freddie said Flea had the biggest heart ever. Freddie's. That might be Freddie Clay Brooks. Oh, snap. Freddie Clay Brooks. Could be Freddie Clay Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Did you have him on the show? Not yet, but I had Toma. Oh, Toma. Dang, I missed that one. Yeah, Toma's in a mental health. Uh, he has a mental health practice. Yeah, and he's he got he somewhere in South America, something, doing something. Well, you know, Toma had that heart for God, man. You know he had that heart. Yeah. Toma. Yeah. I, cut my hair. Toma always had that enthusiasm, man. Yeah, man. I wish the best for your family and stuff. Keep doing this. This is this has been fulfilling. I mean, I, I stay up at two o'clock in the morning anytime for to do this. No, not really. Don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna go ahead and let you go to sleep and we're gonna get together again. And uh I don't you got my email. Uh yeah. Well, you got my number and everything. Stay in touch, man. I love to we'll know what you're touch. doing. Let we'll me know what you're touch. doing. Thank you, Coach C. Okay. Pirate Nation. Mm. Yes, sir. This is Jeff Connors, Absolute Empowerment. Signing off. God bless. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot. God bless. You've been listening to Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors on the Sports Objective. Join us every Monday night for a new edition of the show. Listen to the show pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. And go Pirates!